try not to squeak. <laughs> Guys, the squeaky chair is back. Woohoo! We always have a uh, um, mascot in the room, whether it's a cat or a squeaky chair. I I need to figure out how to fix this thing. I think I think it's that ship has sailed, and you just need to lean in. <laughs> it's enduring. And let's wait. hear it. And there it is. <laughs> Welcome to the Infertile Mafia. That's Kayla. And that is Sarah. We've got a fun episode for you today. A little all over the place, maybe. It's a, it's a little, yeah. I mean, this is like the inside of our brains, I would say. <laughs> Might be a little bit overwhelming for normal people, but <laughs> it's just how we roll. Anyway, uh, we have some mafia matters to talk about mm-hmm. i should apologize <laughs> maybe to dr laura shaheen she probably doesn't even know that i started a feud with her but i love this so much i'm just gonna give her the benefit of the doubt that she's been thinking that she's been contacting me when she's been contacting another sarah because she tagged us both in a post and uh it was not me it was sarah loves pete i'm sarah loves peter and so i i'm just going to think that she tried to contact that person to come on her show and that person ignored her but i can see why she would think that that was me because that person has twins and you're like oh twins they're infertile so that must be her but i do not have twins and that is not me. But I will, I'll let the feud go that Dr. <laughs> Laura Shaheen didn't even realize that we had. So there we are. I think we have to give some context in case nobody knows the story. So several months ago, I was contacted, my Dr. Laura Shaheen slid into my DMs and said, hey, I have a project coming up. It's like, we can't say what it is that I want you to be a part of. And I immediately texted Sarah and was like, hey, did you hear from Dr. Sheen? And she said, no, and was very offended. (laughs) And then every time you talked about it, I'm like, tell me more, tell me more. What'd she say? What'd she say? What is going on? And and you're like, I don't don't know. She just contacted me. I'm like, why didn't she contact me? Does she not like me? You felt very um, slighted. And so you started a feud, an open feud with her on the podcast, <laughs> only to find out that we just think she was sending, uh, she was trying to contact you. It was the wrong person. We I'm guessing, I don't know. I, I kind of don't think that's the case, but I'm going to say You're gonna in my go. head <laughs> that that's the case, but probably not. But I'm just, I'm going to let the feud go. I think the odds are really good that that is the case. <laughs> that that but why would she happened. just give up? She should. She could have just contacted the Infernal Mafia. Uh, you know, uh, yeah. just saying. But <laughs> the feud is over. I'm letting it go. She doesn't even know we have a feud. We did some handstands for her. No correction. You guys did handstands. I attempted one and looked like a complete idiot. <laughs> well, I took gymnastics as a child. 
you said you showed my video to Peter and he was like, ah, she, she hesitated. You got to commit. <laughs> Hesitation so I, will kill you. I appreciate the feedback. I'm going to keep working on it. Especially when you're driving. <laughs> Don't hesitate. Just do just, the thing. Just run the red light. Uh, Why am I talking so fast? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got that out of the way. Um, another quick topic. Well, I think, Sarah, you wanted to throw out a, a, a quandary for the mafia. Okay. Like, yes. Here's my... Dilemma? Yes, I have this. There's a person on social media who drives me crazy. I don't even follow her, but she gets brought up to us. I don't know if you see it very often. Yeah, every once in a while. People will be like, did you see this? And I'm like, ugh. Yeah, people send me things about other people that annoy me, even though I'm not even looking at their stuff. Mm -hmm. People are like, hey, did you see this? I'm like, ugh. Now I'm angry all over again. Okay, so there's this person who has said things about IVF that mm, ticked a lot of people off. That's how I came to know who she is. Ooh, can we also say, before you keep going, it's not just like a random person. This is someone who claims to be educated on the topic, calls herself a doctor and I'm putting that in quotes right so it's not just like yeah. a, it's not just like a uh, like me or you making claims. it's a public figure who is a professional yeah. with air quotes around it and she's very much against IVF and it seems like fertility treatments which is kind of hypocritical mm -hmm. And now she's very uh, disparaging against the vaccine, which is whatever. But she's like, just think critically. She sounds like the church lady from SNL. <laughs> Actually, you probably don't watch this show, but I'm guessing our listeners do. I've have you heard of? I, I know the church lady. Oh, no. I, have you heard of uh, Welcome to Plathville? No, you it's were on right. TLC. Yeah, I'm like, eh, you're not going to know who this is. It's on TLC. And the mom on Welcome to Plathville is a naturopathic doctor. And giving it all away now. <laughs> this person is very much like her, but she has made a name for herself online like she has made the name for herself and she's like I'm a professional I'm doing all this stuff so you should listen to me and I've um, people listen to her mm -hmm. but <clears throat> I'm just wondering if we if you know something about someone and they're a public person should you Put it out to the world. That's my question. When you say you know something, like what are you, you got to tell me more or tell the listeners I, more? I can't tell you more. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, I could. Like, I'm afraid of getting sued. Oh. <laughs> but I know stuff that's true. Mm. So... That's my question. Like, do you 
tell the world and other people have put it out. Like, it's not just me, but they were individual people who were angry about what she said about IVF. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like, I don't want to dox her or anything, but like there's stuff. There's a lot of uh, hip hypocrisy and um, shady stuff. I worry more about misinformation than, well, because, I don't know, I'm just thinking about your dilemma where it's like, I'm not saying this is what happened, but it would be like someone who would say, don't do IVF, it's super dangerous, all these drugs, blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, Mm -hmm. that's exactly how they conceived their children. Mm. I'm not saying that's what her situation is, but it would be like that. Right, right. And they're like, I'm not putting any injections in my body that aren't life-saving. Right, right, Lies, lies. There's no way your face looks that good at 47. (laughs) You've injected injected some toxins in your face. There is no way. Mm -hmm. See, I could get sued for saying that. No, you can't. But she looks so good. (laughs) You can't get sued for saying that. Just no, like there's can't. no way. I mean, you could maybe get sued, but there, no one's. That's not going to hold up in any court of law, <laughs> right? But you accuse but, someone mean, of having Botox. That's not a thing. I'm just saying, either the natural way is the way to go, and that's why. But like, oh no, she's friends with an esthetician who does a lot of injections. <laughs> But the vaccine is a bridge too far. Well, yeah, I mean, totally against the vaccine. But my thing is, like, she's in the fertility arena and then she's like, IVF. Mm -hmm. You guys, you're forcing your body. You need to do it naturally. Right, right. She's one of these, like, heal your fertility naturally. Heal your infertility naturally. And where I find danger in that and why I feel like it's important for people like us with our own public platform to speak out against it is because I feel like people like her and I'm not saying I'm not against like exploring natural options by all means yeah but there's but I feel like it's preying on really vulnerable and susceptible people who um think that that there's some like that the fertility industry is like corrupt and out to get you and um, and that any kind of infertility problem can be healed naturally. And that is just not true. So Well, she says she used her own thing on herself and then she got pregnant. But then in old posts on Instagram, she says, oh, I used gentle stimulation with femer- or with uh, folistim, I think. Mm hmm. And my own thing to conceive my son. I'm like, okay. She doesn't lie outright. She just omits parts of the truth. She paints a different picture that is not the truth. Yeah. So anyway, I don't know. And she does not accept any pushback from people. If you like come, like even if you ask an open question, your comment gets deleted and you get blocked. If yeah. you challenge her at all, it seems like. 
Which, I mean, it's her Whatever. page, so yeah, I she mean, can do I would probably wants. do the same if I were her. Well, I'm just I'm saying just she saying doesn't it. allow any dissenting voices, like, at all. So so it looks like everybody agrees with her that comes to her. Right. So, yeah, anyway. Until she pisses off enough people with her anti-IVF <laughs> rhetoric, which she'll probably move on back to after... The vaccine, infer- like all that has calmed down. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh. And also she's implying that because she's around half of her clients who are vaccinated, she says her oh, period's her period late she- now. <laughs> oh, that's right. Like, uh, you're almost 50. That's cuckoo bananas. Menopause. Yeah, she's you're going, going through, through menopause. Yeah. It's okay. You don't get like sympathetic. Uh, there's no transfer of sympathetic hormones from a vaccine. Like there's she. No, it's just she's so saying they're bananas. shedding. Which like whatever. Okay, you do you. This really speaks to a larger question of. I like an interesting like ethical dilemma that we are all facing whether it's like through infertility or not but just about like media and what can be shared and how it can be shared and what's responsible for these platforms to allow and who gets to decide and not that we're going to get into all that right now but it does speak to this larger question of like how our information is spread in this day and age and <sighs> she's a Real piece of work. Anyway, speaking of a real piece of work, let's move on to this next story because it is a doozy. Do you have the link to the article? So this story was sent to us by a listener um, who wants to remain anonymous so we won't share their name. Um, But this story is crazy. So the headline is, Connecticut nurse faces up to five years in jail after admitting to removing opioid painkiller from vials of infertility treatment patients. That headline is not great. (laughs) It's a long, long one. (laughs) It doesn't exactly make sense. Here's what she did. This was a fertility nurse at a fertility clinic, and she swapped out the anesthesia that they used for egg retrievals, which I believe was fentanyl, right? Mm-hmm. With salt water or just saline so that these women that were going through egg retrieval surgery did not have anesthesia. What the fuck? <laughs> which made me wonder, is fentanyl what they give you to put you in twilight? That made me wonder, too. And I, I wish we could call a doctor. I'm sure like, they hey, would. Yeah. Do you give your patients fentanyl for I mean, I guess egg retrieval? They probably, I would guess they do give you some kind of, I mean, aren't they all opioids? Those ones that cause, yeah. Anyway. I don't, I've never thought about it. Let me look. Yeah, I haven't either. Um, so, oh man. So this happened in, um, at the Yale Fertility Center in New Haven and in 2020 this is recent mm-hmm. this, and a patient herself a physician this is what's wild suddenly realized anesthesia was not working as she underwent a painful egg harvesting procedure um 
Oh my gosh. Also, how would a doctor not know that you're not sedated? Or I wonder. I don't know. Do you think like that we're sed- actually awake a little bit during retrieval? I wonder if the sedation that like makes you not quite conscious and then the sedation that makes you not feel the pain is different. So like you could be kind of mentally unconscious but still feeling pain. Because, because okay, here's my question. If that is not the case, if you're like fully lucid, how did this happen so many times? Because it didn't just happen once. Because you would think the first time that that happened, the patient would like jump off the table. But if you're right. like, if you're, because hello, those egg retrieval needles, they're not fucking around. They are I've, like. I don't think I've ever seen one in person. They're like. 18 inches or more long and they go through your vagina up your up your vaginal canal and then pierce through the wall of your vagina into the ovary and through the ovary to to suck out the follicles like that's not something you would just sit through if you weren't like that would cause excruciating pain is what i'm saying so right okay so the patient during twilight anesthesia which is what they usually do for egg retrieval. Right. Uh, the patient is relaxed and sleepy, able to follow simple directions by the doctor and is responsive. That's a little bit scary to me because what did we say during egg retrieval? <laughs> I remember having that thought too. <laughs> but I don't remember being in any way conscious. You know, you don't, like even if you could understand um commands like I don't do you have any memory of any? no yeah, I don't either. I remember rolling out and that was it yeah but. I remember the operating I remember getting into the operating room and then boom lights went out and I took a nice nap but that's not you know I don't have any recollection but then I know we've yeah. like heard from other people who talk about um that they don't like that the patients are awake during retrieval but they have given them some kind of anesthesia so they don't feel pain so mm-hmm. i'm so they must be different right well they i think they give you one for anxiety and then mm-hmm. they give you one to make you forget <laughs> so i don't know why that makes me laugh it's like <laughs> i wish and i could have that for my life it was weird so I remember egg retrieval. They injected something and the the ceiling started moving like that 70s show. Yeah, nice. And then I don't remember what happened after that. So so they, they mix a lot of stuff. Mm, yeah, a little cocktail. Mm-hmm. Little and then cocktail. a narc... Okay, so the narcotic analgesic. Analgesic? Yes. Uh, is the fentanyl. You know what fentanyl is good for? Killing yourself (laughs) accidentally when you're doing heroin. (laughs) That seems to happen quite a bit. Thanks for that tip. Um, Yeah, so uh, (laughs) don't mix fentanyl with your drugs, kids. Well, and I guess this nurse, once she was caught, admitted to having an opioid addiction, and that's why she was stealing the, the fentanyl. What? I'm shocked. <laughs> well, the messed up thing. Okay. So the nurse was, she was taking little 
bits of it at first and then re-injecting the saline and then she was re she was uh injecting it into herself at work oh my gosh i don't i think i missed that part yes so she began stealing it for her own use and then when she was caught she was like oh i'm going through a bad divorce so Mm. need fentanyl (laughs) i have and She knew what she was doing, too. Yeah, of course she did. She's a freaking nurse. And she mm-hmm. does this surgery with... Yeah, of course she knew what she was doing. That, I mean, I'm sympathetic to people with drug and alcohol addiction. There's no question. But I'm also really sympathetic to patients who had to endure this torture. That would be torturous. It says federal prosecutors say at least 175 vials were tampered with at this facility. Um. That's a lot of fentanyl. Yeah. And then I guess this attorney is representing four women who suffered incredible pain. So I wonder if she could take just a, just enough that it wouldn't tip people off that, uh, you know, because, again, if this happened repeatedly, there's no way she could have done it this many times. Like if it, if it was that painful for that many patients. Yeah. But, um, well, I'm sure they were like, "Oh, that was weird. I could feel everything. It was yeah. painful." Right. But and but it, and if you've never done it before, you don't know what to expect. It's like I guess that was normal. Hmm. Um. Yeah. He's well. There. She's. Go ahead. Sorry. She started taking the vials home, and then she would refill refill the vials with sterile saline at home, bring them back to the clinic and reintroduce them into the stock of fentanyl available for use during surgical procedures. That should not be allowed. (laughs) No, no, it shouldn't. Shouldn't be that easy to just take fentanyl home. No, 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 it shouldn't. shouldn't. Okay. So she got caught and then she already was sentenced yeah, oh, but which is a get ton there, of bullshit. Yeah, go on. One more thing I wanted to say. Oh, could we pause for a second? I think the uh, vet's calling me. Oh, I I took a bathroom break too, and so while I was in the bathroom, I checked up on the person that we were talking uh-huh. about. <laughs> Every time I look at her profile, it just makes me want to like bang my head against the wall because it just gets worse do you want to hear about it sure i don't think this is good for your mental health though but yes i don't think it is i need to not even look at it because it doesn't matter she doesn't have that much nothing that's true nothing really matters in general nothing really matters. matters to me yeah okay okay so (laughs) her newest thing is she's she's like oh someone found out that the vac the uh manufacturer immunity spike protein is toxic and she's like this doctor who is a uh new research is out by dr byram brittle Mm-hmm. Associate Professor of Viral Immunology at the University of... Never heard of that. Gloop. Okay, <laughs> so I looked up this guy. You you want to know what kind of doctor he is? Yeah. 
You want to take any guesses? Uh, he's probably psychologist or something. Veterinarian. (laughs) (laughs) Then why is he the associate professor of viral immunology? That means this university that I've never heard of is also bullshit. Oh, it's in Canada? It's a veterinary college. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? Is that not crazy? Like the misinformation. Should we be listening to a vet about human stuff? Well, and like you were just saying, what's frustrating about it is she, she, her post is like new research is, is out from this doctor and associate, but she doesn't mention that the doctor is a veterinarian and that the university is a vet school. It's like that seems relevant to what you're talking about. Why is a vet doing research on a human vaccine (laughs) what is going on and why is she she's like grasping all these people are grasping at things yeah i don't know why well because they why they because they have decided on a narrative and they want their what they think to be true or they you know that that will make them feel better so, <sighs> anyway, right. misinformation, like putting information out that you're misrepresenting is a problem for me. Yeah, it's a it's a and, problem for everyone. And she doesn't just do it about the COVID vaccine. Like, I'm sick of the COVID vaccine and talking about it. Mm-hmm. But she does it about fertility stuff because she says she's a fertility specialist. Anyway, so... Anyway. Stop looking I guess at it. anyone could be anything, you know? Yeah. Right? Hey, you can be anything you want to be. Hey, Sarah. If you just tell people. I'm a doctor now. You are. Yeah. You are? I'm a doctor. Good for you. Um, I went to my own university uh, where I was my own professor. Uh, right. I, um, I'm also a um, world-class renowned author and speaker and entrepreneur i am all of those things because i just say that i am yeah i'm a i'm a film producer <laughs> yeah and i hold many awards that i gave to myself right and i also took some buzzfeed tests so i also have a doctorate because i did online school i'm also a publisher and, right. You know, like I've written my own book and published it and um, I'm a bestseller because I said I was. Right. So you can be anything you want to be. Mm-hmm. Fake it till you make it, I guess. You go get that Pulitzer Prize. Just say that you got it and you got it. Yeah. I mean, it's not that that Pulitzer, Pulitzer Prize, Prize, but you can say it's, it, you know, it's uh, the Pulitzer Prize. Oh, yeah. Is what Just you got. change one letter and you're good. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I need to stop looking at that because it. Anyway, so this nurse. Yeah. Okay. So before she... you moved on to her sentencing, there's one thing I wanted to add in. Oh, go ahead. That, okay. So this is the the attorney speaking on behalf of his clients, and he says, "They feel betrayed. I think is an appropriate word to convey their feelings." I'm like, 
Mr. Koskoff, I know, I'm sure you're great at your job, but I think betrayed is not quite the word I would use. <laughs> no. It's way beyond betrayed if this happened to me. I mean, this is criminal negligence. It's not just like, oh, someone betrayed me. Anyway, I just thought they that was They probably like, felt like they were being tortured yeah. through their vagina. Yeah. Yeah. It was like Marion came back from the dead. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. If you guys started, don't know who that is, go look it up. It's a deep cut. It shouldn't be, though. He's a, he's a uh, racist. The father of gynecology. Bad person. Um, father of gynecology slash torturer of enslaved women. Anyway. Okay. So let's move on to... So she's she went through this trial, right? And they, she was maybe going to get, or they were going for a maximum sentence of five years in prison, right? Yeah. How is it only five years? But anyway, that's not even the uh, outrageous part of this. So you go ahead and share the update. (sighs) So the update Former nurse sentenced for tampering with fentanyl vials intended for patients at fertility clinic. She was sentenced. Drum roll. Three years. Sorry, sorry. Drum roll. (laughs) She was sentenced to serve three years of supervised release. Four weekends of incarceration and three months of home confinement. Yeah. Four weekends behind bars. Mm-hmm. And then the attorney, I don't know if I'm, I'm losing faith in this Koskoff guy, says the people I represent are sensitive to the idea that this is a single mother. Okay, so. I don't care if she's a single mother. You know how many single mothers and, there are? But I'm just saying like this idea that he's saying his clients, who, mind you, his clients are People who went to do IVF, presumably to have children, are sensitive to the fact that this is a single... It feels very like, again, this preying on the feelings of infertile people. I don't even know why they included that in this article. Like, are we supposed to be... Are we supposed to feel sorry for her because she was going through a divorce and she started doing fentanyl because she was upset about her husband getting time with the kids? I mean, I, I, again, I am sympathetic to anyone who has a drug addiction, but I'm also like, feel like that is a boundary that a victim of hers does not have to go to. Like they don't owe her any kind of sympathy. So to, no. oh, it's just weird that they put that. You know what? I don't care if she's going through a divorce. You know how many people get divorced right. and have to share custody of their kids? Like so many. It's not and she an was, excuse. That's not. A, yeah. No. Right. That's not a reason to start stealing fentanyl. 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 <laughs> like that drug is crazy. Yeah. That's and. I just I can't believe that the judge was like, oh, well, she has kids, so let's only give her weekends in prison. Yeah. What? I know. And also the hypocrisy of don't even get me started on the judicial system and how this is this presumably rich, educated white woman. 
who, oh, let's feel sorry for her. She's going through a divorce. She has an opioid addiction. The same thing happens to, you know where I'm going with this. Like, and no one cares that, like, yeah. Yeah, let's look at the facts. She stole a super... um, Addictive. It could be addictive and lethal drug from her place of work like she was using needles yeah it's not even like like she had to really want this drug she knowingly did it knowing that how much pain it would cause someone else by taking like how much torture it would cause someone else it wasn't yeah and all she got was four weekends in prison yeah oh and she has to stay home I mean that welcome to the pandemic <laughs> like oh you have to stay home and you lost your nursing license oh that's so sad yeah I think this attorney must have been over his skis I think that is bullshit that's my opinion yeah but mm-hmm. um I guess we should give a disclaimer we buried the lead at the beginning on this that like I've never heard of this happening anywhere else. I feel like people who are maybe in the middle of fertility treatments don't want you to be freaked out that something like this is going to happen to you. But oh, felt like it should actually be. go ahead. Oh, OK. So my theory is the judge was blaming Yale REI for this happening and not the nurse because there weren't safeguards in place to stop this from happening so he's like oh it's not the nurse's fault really yeah i mean i guess there is some culpability there as well because like we said it should not be that easy to sneak out 175 vials of fentanyl so i think they they i think some of the blame falls on them and maybe they're an easier target because it's a larger entity that you can put blame on, but she still is ultimately responsible for what she did. I'm sorry. Like just because they made the access easier to her. Like, again, I'm, I'm not saying that they're not, they aren't completely innocent in this because there should be better safeguards, especially at a place like they're not some mom and pop, like they're, whatever you know what i'm saying so yeah it's yale it's an ivy league yeah university but i still think that she should have got more time for that because she stole from not only her work but her patients yeah and nurses take an oath and doctors she committed a felony period yeah she committed probably multiple felonies if i don't know what she was actually convicted of but she committed a felony by stealing an illegal drug from her place of work and that in it also caused bodily harm to multiple people so it's almost like i don't know third degree assault or something listen to me talking like i know anything about the law in connecticut i do not um well yeah i hope those patients sue um civilly absolutely yes and get a lot of money because that's messed up it is (laughs) on that note (laughs) 
So, is anyone angry yet? <laughs> Why? Okay, here is a palate cleanser. Like, here's just another when you go into your fertility clinic. Here's another thing to check off the list. Like, what are your safeguards against your nurses stealing? I'm kidding. Don't Fentanyl. do that. You don't need no, I to think, do that. Yeah. But I, well, when I was there, when I had egg retrieval, I always, they always had anesthesiologists come in. Well, yeah. From other places. Yeah. Like, I don't think that. I did too. It would be easy to just grab fentanyl. Right. That's what's confusing. At most places. I'm sure that's true. Maybe there was some kind of inside job happening. Somebody was helping her. You know, that's what I was just thinking. Like, what if, yeah, what if there were other people involved and she just took the fall? Yeah, they're scapegoating her. That could be. But maybe not. It's a big scandal. Either way, shut down the whole thing, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, maybe there'll be more forthcoming maybe it wasn't just uh fertility patients that were affected by this but maybe it was revealed first in this area of you know i don't know maybe i mean who knows who knows i don't know we don't know i just feel bad for those patients you know what how about everyone just does what they're supposed to do you know like doesn't try to screw people over yeah like you know what just how about don't be an asshole yeah. Don't steal drugs from your work. Yeah. Um, don't. Or other things. Knowingly inflict pain on other people. Just, you know, do the right Whatever. thing. Whatever. Yeah. It's not hard, people. All right. Let's take a moment for our mental health with Lisa. Hi, I'm Lisa infertility counsellor and psychologist, and this is a moment for your mental health. Today, we are looking at self-care. Self-care has become somewhat of a buzzword and phrase in our modern days and times. We hear about self-care from doctors, mental health professionals, gurus, and celebrities. Self-care can come with negative connotations and can often be viewed as being self-indulgent and only for the rich and famous. Definitions of self-care vary widely, with the definition I see as the most appropriate being the practice of taking an active role in protecting one's own well-being and happiness. Self-care can feel like a chore and another thing to add to our busy lives. However, its purpose is to increase our resilience and well-being and improve our capacity to manage at times when stress increases. While we can engage in self-care practices only when we are stressed or overwhelmed, If we incorporate self-care practices into our everyday routine, we can reduce impact stresses have upon us before they escalate or become overwhelming, rather than having to engage in strategies which act to counteract the stress as it arises. As such, self-care is seen as being preparatory and preventative rather than reactionary and hastily implemented in response to stressful situations. Self-care strategies, whatever they may be for you, are practices we implement in a consistent way in our lives to create muscle memory and automation to them, making them easier to draw upon in times of stress or anxiety. This means if we have a strategy in place in our life, then we will be able to implement it in an automated way rather than potentially increasing our stress trying to learn, adapt or introduce something new into our lives when we are already feeling under pressure. What self-care 
actually looks like is going to be vastly different for each and every person. What works for one may be horrifying for another. Self-care does not need to be costly, sophisticated or time intense. A starting place for self-care can be with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. For some context, Maslow was a psychologist in the US through the early to mid-20th century who proposed a theory of human motivation and broke the areas into five global concepts and structured it in a pyramid shape. The five areas are physiological, safety, belongingness and love, esteem and self-actualization. Why start here? mainly because self-care starts at the base of the pyramid in the physiological need domains of food, water, warmth or shelter, and rest, which are all great places to start your focus on. Have a think about the following. Are you eating well? Is your diet balanced and have all the nutrients you need? Are you skipping meals, eating a disproportionate amount of chocolate? Are you hydrating enough? And no, I don't mean extra coffee. I mean enough water. Are you resting well? What do your sleep routines and patterns look like? Does it take you an hour or more to get to sleep? Do you feel like you've had a good night's sleep? Do you feel rested when you wake up? Do you roughly achieve seven to eight hours of sleep a night? Can you fine tune any of these areas? The basic principles of self-care are looking after our basic needs. We are not capable of many things if we don't hit the requirements of sleep, food and water intake. We can shift so much by creating some focus on these areas and it does not have to be significant dietary changes. It can be subtle ones. So don't feel the need to become a vegan if that's going to cause you more stress. Make the changes which are helpful for you. How about movement in your day? Do you work in a job which ties you to a desk all day then sees you sit in a car on the way home only to find your way to the dining chairs and lounge? Can you swap out some of the TV time for 10 minutes of stretching? some home-based yoga or Pilates, a short walk around the block with your partner or a friend? Are you getting some quality vitamin D in your life and some time outdoors? Do you have a space to sit outside of the morning with your coffee, tea or glass of water? Soak in the sounds around you, watch the trees move or feel the sun on your face. Do you like a bath, have a favourite essential oil or a candle you can use? Saying no can be a huge moment of self-care for us. While sometimes we feel pressured to agree to everything offered in our lives, sometimes it can be empowering and relieving to say no to the invitation to dinner, to the request to take on a project, or to working overtime. Then we can step into self-care practices which others aid us with. Massages, acupuncture, dinners out with friends, shopping, seeing a therapist, counsellor or psychologist. And most importantly, we will need to shift something out of our life to put something more helpful in. Think less time on social media and more time sitting in the bath, if that's your thing. I encourage you you to think and reflect, what can I do today to increase my engagement in self-care? I'm Lisa, and this has been a moment for your mental health. For more mental health tips and reflections, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Seeds for Hope. So tell me about your bird attack. Uh, How about we save it for the next one? Okay. This is getting long. (laughs) Okay, well, that's it for the show. Bye, everyone. (laughs) Thanks for joining. The Infertile Infertile Mafia. Mafia. Bye. Bye. Bye.